Right, you are listening live here to this Brandon's World on this Thursday, October 28th, 2021. Now we have a lot to get to today, including week 8 of the National Football League. But before we do, as always, make sure to go on social media. Go to that little Twitter page. Go to at real underscore B world. Give the show a follow. Make sure you go to at Brandon Lewis underscore seven and give myself a follow. I had just completed episode number two yesterday, the All Things Cavaliers podcast with my co-host Joey Snyder, where I talk all things Cleveland Cavaliers. Make sure to go check that out on my Twitter profile. I will also put that in the description of this podcast. And as you guys know, tomorrow on Brandon's World. We're going to be bringing on Gabe Carrera, who is now the sports director at Black Squirrel Radio. My good buddy, I have not talked to Gabe really that much since I graduated from Kent State University. Of course, Gabe, as you guys know, is a friend of the show, and he is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So we'll be bringing down Steelers Brown, as well as all the other Week 8 NFL matchups on a special edition of Brandon's World of the show tomorrow. And as always, if you have not gotten the chance to listen to our show when it goes live, you can always go back and check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast. But I do want to kick off today by saying really quick, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for at least winning one game of the World Series. As we stand right now, the World Series is 1-1. Two very different games. The Braves blowing out the Astros in Game 1. The Whistleblowers coming back and whistling their way to a Game 2 victory. Shout out, of course, in Game 1 goes to Charlie Morton. What a heroic effort as we're getting nailed in the fibula and getting a broken fibula on a line drive. Being able to pitch 16 pitches. After that is unbelievable, but the Braves at 88 wins are a huge underdog in this series. And as much as I talked about, hey listen, it'd be so bad for baseball if the Houston Astros, if the Whistleblowers, if the Cheaters win this World Series. It's more than likely, folks, I'm going to be realistic here. They are going to win this World Series in either five or six games. They love going on the road. They love getting booed. I saw a stat. They were 0-4 in World Series Game 1s all time. They're also like 2-7 in the postseason in the World Series at all. So they love going on the road. They love the diversity, especially ever since uh, the cheating scandal began. I think they bounce back in a big way. I think Houston wins this series in five or six games. And for baseball, a sport that in a little bit less than a month here will be going into a lockout. There's not going to be a ton of trades. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of ac- you know, acquisitions because of this lockout that I think is going to be detrimental to the sport. It's going to be even more detrimental to baseball, as I've been preaching here, if the Astros win the World Series because you do not want going into a lockout the last World Series champion. To be a cheater, to be a team that everybody, besides the people in the Houston community, despise. And, you know, it's just really bad for baseball looking at the economic disadvantages of the sport when you're going to have a larger market 
win the World Series for the mid-level market. I believe it's going to earn negotiations. And with that, let's head into week 8 of the National Football League. Now, as you guys know, week 6 in the NFL, I went 13-1, 5-0 my best bet. In week 7, I did not quite match that, but I did really freaking well. I ended up going 10-3. I went 3-2 in my best bet. Now, I missed Carolina, minus 2.5 against the Giants, and I technically missed Atlanta, who, whichever line you got, some lines had Atlanta plus 2.5 against Miami on Sunday. That line went to Atlanta minus 2.5 against the Dolphins. So if you got the plus 2.5, you won. If you got the minus 2.5, like I ended up getting on Sunday morning, you lost. So I'm going to count that as a loss. I went 3-2 in best bets. At this point on the year, picking games and ahead, I am 73 and 34 straight up. I think that's a very good record, being 29 games above 500, as well as I am 20, 14 and 1 in my best bets. Of course, I pick five games every week, so this will be now a total of 40 games. It's a 40-game sample size. Right now, I'm at like, you know, a 70%, you know, predicting rate, which isn't that bad for best bets. I've been odd ever since, you know, week four, week five, week one was a disaster week for me. I went seven and nine. Every week after that, I've been above 500 and picking games straight up. Let's hope the streak continues. And I will say that this week, week number eight, I don't have time picking five games. And not because, now the past couple of weeks I've had a hard time picking five games because I did not like the lines. This week I had a hard time just picking five games because I like, out of the 15 games on this docket, I probably like nine or ten lines. And so it was hard to pick the best five. I'm going to go with these five. There's other games that I like as well, and I will mention that. So you don't have to pick my best five, obviously, but if you want to, and if you always have go right along here we go we're starting off with this game the huge thursday night game the green bay packers who will be minus their top two wide receivers due to covid 19 positive testing in Devontae adams and alan lazar taking on the arizona cardinals who are now going to be without their best pass rusher this season in my opinion in jj watt who needs shoulder surgery and that is a bigger story I believe for later in the season, but not so much for this game. There's been a lot of hype around this game, right? The Packers 6-1, the Cardinals 7-0. The Cardinals the only last undefeated football team in the NFL. But without J.J. Watt, what are they? They are basically last year's Arizona Cardinals. And what that Arizona Cardinals team was, was a phenomenal offensive team, but they could not stop anybody. And the question is going to be, without J.J. Watt, can, can Jailer Jones, who is coming off the COVID-19 list, produce enough and get the pass rushing up for Arizona to still have a good defense? I'm not so sure about that. It's why I rave on WatchRollRadio.com when Arizona got J.J. Watt. Now, they have overcome their center issue, Rodney Hudson getting hurt. I was surprised they overcame that because their offensive line was not very good last year. We'll see. I don't believe that they can overcome the J.J. Watt team. 
I think they're still in the Super Bowl window. As of right now, I would put them in my Super Bowl tier, but it is slowly declining and more to a playoff contender rather than a Super Bowl contender. That's how valuable I think J.J. Watt is. However, for this game, I'm going to have to pick Arizona. Now, this is one of those lines that I do not love. The line went from three and a half, which I would have loved, to obviously Green Bay without Devontae Adams. That line shoots up to six and a half. It shows you how much Vegas loves Devontae Adams and not the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm talking about the sports betting books in Vegas. It shows you how much they feel like he is a part of that offense. And the question is, without those two receivers, does Green Bay, who has not been using Aaron Jones a lot in the running game, disappointing me in fantasy football, by the way, over the last couple of weeks, do they use him more in the passing game? And listen, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you're definitely going to have a shot, but when you're down your top two weapons, and Robert Onion, who did score a touchdown last week on National Tight End Day, but who has not been as consistent production-wise as he was last season. My question is, is Green Bay going to be able to keep up with Arizona? This game could very well be a blowout Arizona's way because they don't have weapons. Green Bay, though, at the same time, is still a very good football team. They remind me a lot of the 2019 Packers and not the 2020 Packers. Those 2019 Packers would beat up on bad teams but they would struggle in the first half, pull away in the second half. That's what this team is doing. And so I do think that Green Bay could definitely win this game without a doubt. But I'm going to go ahead, even without J.J. Watt, I'm not going to bet the number here. But I think Iowa Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, those Arizona receivers have a good night. The Cardinals win. They remain undefeated at home. Next game here. Another game that I'm not going to bet, but a game that I like the line of. And that's the Browns minus three and a half against the Steelers. And listen, I don't care if Baker Mayfield plays. I don't care if Case Keenum plays. To me, and I'm going to talk with Steelers Ben Gabe Carrera about this tomorrow. The Browns are just the better football team. They're getting Nick Chubb back. They're getting Jack Ogwin back at right tackle. That offensive line is almost now fully intact. And Pittsburgh, like the Chargers, who the Browns played in week number five, cannot stop the run. And the Steelers' offense is old. It's outdated with Ben Roglisberger, who can't move in the pocket at quarterback. Their only weapon, in my opinion, really, is Najee Harris. Now, you do have to worry about Deontay Johnson's speed a little bit. Deontay Johnson, of course, comes out of Toledo. But Najee Harris is the big boy weapon for the Steelers. I think the Browns have been actually pretty good this season against the run. Shut down the Steelers' offense. I don't see any reason why the Browns cannot blow this team out. And that's, again, if the quarterback is healthy. My prediction here is that Baker Mayfield does start. Case Keenum will finish the ballgame. I do not think Baker Mayfield finishes his game on the field. I think T.J. Watt, Cam Award, that Steelers pass rush, is going to get after Baker Mayfield. They're going to target that shoulder. And you cannot just do three-step dropbacks, get rid of the football every play. Baker Mayfield is going to have to get hit. Baker Mayfield is going to have to take a beating. And it's why I've advocated for Baker Mayfield to be shut down and go get the surgery. 
I know we said yesterday there's been no thought about it and nobody tells me what to do. But the one thing I'll say about this is Baker Mayfield is stubborn. He's a gamer. I understand it. But I do think he also realizes that Case Keenum is a very competent backup. This Browns team is very good. And Case Keenum very well could get this team to the playoffs. I think it's a real possibility that no one's really talking about here is Case Keenum can take this team on a magic carpet ride a la what Nick Foles did with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. So there's a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, but I just think as of right now, the Browns are the better team. Now, I'm not going to bet this game because, again, there's better lines on the board, but I do love this line at the Browns minus three and a half. Now, the other one here that I do love that I'm not going to bet is my Eagles minus three and a half against the Lions. And the reason why I say this is because the Lions could definitely win this game. The way my Eagles are playing, boy, and Nick Sirianni acting like a skinny Freddie Kitchen yesterday, comparing the team to a flower, I don't love it. It doesn't matter to me if Miles Sanders is in or not because the Eagles never use them. But I expect my team to get out of these first eight weeks three and five, beat the Lions, and then from there, you have the Chargers, you have the Broncos, you have the Saints at home, and then comes the divisional gauntlet with, you know, from week 12 to week 18, you play five divisional games, plus you throw in the Jets in there, and that's pretty much it. You know, week 12 is the Giants, week 13 is the Jets, week 15, Washington, Week 16, Giants. Week 17, Washington. Week 18, Dallas. So, you know, starting in week 12, besides the Jets, the Eagles are going to play all divisional games. So this division, this wild card spot is still up for grabs. It's a big game against the Lions. If the Eagles still do believe in Jalen Earth, my big rookie from Alabama, number 6, Devontae Smith, is going to have to have a big game. I'm picking my Eagles. If I was a betting man, I'd bet that minus three and a half. But I feel like I've seen this movie so many times. I am scared to death that Jared Goff and the Lions, who played really well against the Rams, they did call some dicey plays. Obviously, the big punt on fourth down, the onside kick. But MCDC Dan Campbell is going to have to win a game here or there at some point. And this week could be their best shot. I ain't going to lie. I am scared to death. But give me my Eagles. Next game here, I'm not going to waste much time on this. My first best bet of the day, Cincinnati minus 10.5 against the Jets. The Jets are playing Mike White. The Jets are helpless. Jamar Chase, you know, C.J. Uzmanzada. All right, you know, E. Iggins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Whatever offensive pieces you have for the Bengals and fantasy, fire them up. Trey Anderson on that defensive line. Larry Joby. I think the Bengals pass rush gets over the Jets. This is a wipe away. Next game here, we got the Dolphins at the Bills. Now, I love this line, and if it was a best six, this would be my sixth best. Buffalo minus 13 and a half. And the reason why I'm not betting this is because this is all about Miami. We know the Dolphins have been in the news about Deshaun Watson. It feels like they have a deal for Deshaun Watson in place. And so, my thinking is, if you're to attack a Loa, do you really want to play for the Dolphins? Or do, you, do the Dolphins just wind down? Do they not believe in Tua Tagovailoa anymore? Because at this point, it's pretty public. Everybody knows it. It's been reported worldwide. The deal has been made for Deshaun Watson. 
The Dolphins have basically given up on Tua Tagovailoa, which, by the way, two points on that. Number one is the first point. I am glad they did. I think they have made the right decision. I have gone on record. I think when Tua got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick not only once, but twice last year at the end of the year, that told you all you needed to know. The Dolphins were out on Tua Tagovailoa. Number two, I understand how great it Allen to John Watson is, but if I was the Dolphins, I would not take this risk. Knowing that with these court cases, Deshaun Watson could be in court for a couple of years. I said it, I would have not traded back with the Niners. I would have taken either Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, who is the guy that I would have taken personally in the draft and developed him and gotten a veteran quarterback because Trey Lance does need some teaching. But he is a out of this world, much better talent than Tua Tagovailoa ever was. I never loved him in Alabama. And by the way, just like the problem is with my Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts, just like the Giants' problem is with Daniel Jones. To me, I've already made up my mind on these guys. I am moving on. I think the Dolphins have done the right decision at moving on. I think they picked the wrong guy to move on from. Now, if those allegations turn out and nothing happens from them, boom, the Dolphins got lucky. They're going to have a franchise quarterback competing with Josh Allen and the Bills for the next 10 years. But this could be some lingering drama. And do you really want to wait for Deshaun Watson? I just don't know. But if I'm still take about her, I really don't care about this game. Miami got rolled by Buffalo in week two. I think they get rolled again. Next game here. This is going to be the second one of my best bets. That is the Indianapolis Colts who are plus one and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. I know Tennessee rolled in the city. I know they rolled Buffalo on Monday Night Football in week five. What does that mean? It means it's time for a letdown. When two, when a team beats two great teams like that back to back, I think they come back to earth. I think the Colts are out. They're starting to believe in Carson Wentz, who only has one interception this season. I think that defense with DeForest Buckner, with Darius Leonard, they take a lot of pride and they shut Derrick Henry down. This game was close in the first half in Tennessee. Carson Wentz really couldn't move because if you remember in week three, he was dealing with two brutally battered ankles. Now Carson Wentz seems to be healthy. He's getting his confidence back. Michael Pittman is having a career year at the wide receiver position. Jonathan Taylor is a tank. He is not equal to Derrick Henry, but he's really, really good at the running back position. The Colts' offensive line is getting better. And now the Colts, after their first seven-game gauntlet, where they escaped out of it three and four into the two and five, like I originally thought, now they have Jacksonville on the horizon. Now they have the Texans on the horizon. Now they have the Jets on the horizon. Now they have New England on the horizon. I mean, that's at least seven, eight wins right there. So if you beat Tennessee here, you get to nine. You have a chance to get above 500. And this game's really interesting because the Colts need it more. If Tennessee wins this game, the AFC South division is basically over. It is the Titans and the Colts are looking at the wild card. Because at that point, Tennessee would be 6-2. and two. Indy would be 3-3, three and three, and Tennessee would have both games at the head, which means the Colts would technically be four games back. 
If Indy wins, the Colts are going to be 4-4. Four and four. Tennessee's going to be 5-3. and three, And they would split at the end, meaning they'd only need one game back at that point. So one game back versus four games back is huge. The Colts are the desperate team here. I think they pull off the quote-unquote upset at home. Next game, another one of my best bets here. The Rams minus 14 against the Texans. You just traded the right Mark Ingram against the Saints. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. Rams roll against Houston. Moving on to maybe the most trickiest game to pick in the 1 o'clock window by far. And that is the Niners at the Bears. Now, San Francisco is favored by four. But this is where I'm nervous about the Niners. I'm nervous about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo because it doesn't seem like Shanahan trusts Jimmy Garoppolo at all. They had a bad loss against the Colts under the night football. They are reeling. And the Bears got their asses kicked by the Timber Buccaneers last week, week seven in Tampa Bay, I don't think they're going to want to get embarrassed again. I highly doubt that, or Matt Nagy, who also got embarrassed on the road against the Browns, may be out of there. And by the way, they also lost to Green Bay in Week 6 in ugly fashion. What happened when they lost to the Browns in Week 3 in that bad fashion? They bounced back Week 4 with a really dominating, shocking performance against the Detroit Lions. I believe the Bears. I believe Justin Fields. I think this Niners signature, which is suspect at best. I think Allen Robinson has his best game as a Bear. I think Justin Fields bounces back because I do think that Matt Nagy is a good coach. I think he's one with a bad roster and a bad offensive line. And that's obviously advantage San Francisco because the Bears' best offensive lineman, maybe James Daniels, who is a, you know, a below average right guard, their second best, maybe, you know, Cody Whitehair at left guard, but their tackles are just shameless. Uh, the old man Jason Peters out there, probably going to get worked by Nick Bosa. That makes me nervous, but I do believe that Chicago, who is a well-coached team, in my opinion, I really do like Matt Nagy. I just think he's in a bad situation in Chicago. I think they bounce back. I'm not going to bet this because, again, I'm nervous about betting it, but this is a line I do like. I think the Bears bounce back here, plus four against the Niners. I'm going to pick them to point out, upset them. Next game here, we got Carolina at Atlanta. Now, I'm going to pick Carolina to bounce back. Why? Because the Falcons almost blew the game last week against the Dolphins, and the Falcons are going to Falcon games. And Carolina, after starting off 3-0, is now 3-4. They've lost four straight. It feels like Matt Rule has lost confidence in Sam Darnold. But you know what they're in from the outside. It's a urban bounce-back game for Carolina, who was completely embarrassed by the Giants last week. They're not going to want to get embarrassed again. There's a lot of aid for a lot of teams this week. You know, like the Bears, like the Panthers, like the Eagles, who were flat-out embarrassed last week that need to bounce back. And so I believe that, again, Carolina, they do bounce back. They beat Atlanta. I'm not going to bet this game because it could go either way. But I'm going to pull the upset here. I think Team Donald plays well. I think the Panthers get back to 500 against the Falcons team who have only beaten the Dolphins, the uh, Jets, and the Giants who combined only have, what, four wins because the Giants have two, the Jets have one, and the Dolphins have one. 
they're not very good teams. Carolina, I understand they did beat the Jets, they did beat the Texans, but they also beat the Saints, albeit without their coaching stuff. So that's a more impressive win than Atlanta has had. So give me Carolina here in this divisional game where anything can happen. Four o'clock games here. Urban Meyer coming off a bye, I think loses his first, you know, game coming off a bye. I think Seattle with Geno Smith gets their first win. They're trying to tread water. I believe they have a bye week next week. So if they can win one of these games without Russell Wilson, they will be satisfied. They're 2-5 and five right now, but that wild card is still up for grabs, especially if Russell Wilson comes back healthy for the Hawks, which we have seen over the last couple weeks. It's pretty much their whole offense. I think this is a very boring running the football game, but I think out west, Trevor Lawrence struggles. Pete Carroll was very good against rookie quarterbacks. Take a look at the quarterbacks he's also faced. Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, the Seahawks defense has played better without Russell Wilson out there. Admittedly, I think Jackson, or I think Seattle can get this win. I like this line as well, too. I like it. Minus three, but again, could Jacksonville come out and win their second game in, the, in a row because Seattle is playing with Geno Smith? Absolutely they could. Geno Smith could pull out a dub. That's why I'm not betting it, but I really like it here. Seattle minus three. Next game. This is going to be another one of our best bets. My fourth best bet. We have the Chargers here. They are minus five and a half against New England. I know New England killed them last year, but there was an Andy Lynn coach team, and this isn't Justin Herbert that Bill Belichick faced last year, and this Chargers team is well coached with Brandon Staley. They are coming off a bye. I think Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and crew have a big day against the New England team that can only beat the Jets and Texans. This Chargers team is way above the Jets and the Texans. There's a huge quarterback advantage here to me between Matt Jones and Justin Herbert. I think the Chargers roll. Give me the Chargers here, minus five and a half. I think it's revenge from last year. I think the Chargers blow out New England. Next game, we got Washington at Denver. And Denver just seems like that they don't know what they're doing. They're a very bad offense. They seem inept. They don't seem to be in love with Vic Vangio, Teddy Bridgewater, or Drew Watt. Their pass rush is obviously decimated without Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I think Taylor Heineke has had a great you know, season this year. Besides the fact his defense doesn't help him out. I think this is a game with a suspect Denver offensive line. The guys like Jonathan Allen and the guys like, you know, Chase Young. Montez Sweat up front for the Washington football team. Deron Payne. I think they get after the Denver quarterback, whether that be Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. I believe it's going to be Bridgewater. Hopefully for Denver's sake, he does not get hurt again. But I think Washington does pull up the upset here. I would take the points again. I'm not going to bet it because it's another swing game that could go either way. Both teams were embarrassed last week. Denver does have an extra three days to repair, and that makes me nervous because Denver, much like Carolina, after starting 3-0 and now 3-4, but there was high expectations for the Washington football team this year to be competitive, to win 8-9 games in the NFC East. So I did not think that. A lot of you around the country think that, and this Washington defense has given up the second most points in the league very shocking from what they were you know a year ago i think that they do bounce back here i think they get the dump 
Next game here, and I love this line very much, but it's a divisional game. It's why I'm not going to bet it. It is Tampa Bay minus six against the Saints in New Orleans. I think the Saints bringing back Michael Thomas will help them a ton to bounce back and be a little more dynamic offensively against a suspect Tampa Bay secondary. I expect Michael Thomas to have a big game. It'll be interesting to see in this game how they incorporate new running back Mark Ingram, who I think is now the former Saint, obviously, coming back to the Saints. Whoop, it got that Latavius Murray-like role they didn't have and keep Alvin Kamara fresh. However, I think Tampa Bay, with Mike Evans, with uh, Chris Godwin, with Antonio Brown, with Rob Gronkowski coming back, we saw what Tampa Bay did to New Orleans in the playoff game. We saw what, what Levante David. We saw with Devin White. We saw with JVP. We saw with Villavea. We saw what that defensive line did to the Saints offensive line in Drew Brees. I think they, after getting blown out the first two times by the Saints, have finally figured out New Orleans. Tampa Bay goes back to the scene where their defense finally figured them out last year in the divisional round. Now again, this is a divisional game. Anything can happen. I'm not going to bet it. But I'm not going to be surprised here if it's in Bay Bucks roll and cover the minus six against the Saints. Give me Tampa Bay on the road. Next game here. Now, this may be a little bit of an overpick, admittedly, but I got the Vikings upsetting the Cowboys, and I am going to bet it plus two and a half. I love the Vikings offense. I love Kirk Cousins. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Justin Jefferson. I love Adam Thielen. I love that offense. The Cowboys, who are coming off a bye, by the way, and so is Minnesota, though. Uh, with that, Prescott, who is in a one with a calf injury. Now, it sounds like he's going to be healthy, and this is the biggest test for Minnesota's revamped defense this week. They have played well after struggling the first two weeks, but they got to deal with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Cedric Wilson, Don Schultz, Blake Jarwin, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Howard. All those weapons on the Cowboys offense. Not to mention Michael Parsons flying around. Trayvon Diggs in that secondary, who I imagine is going to go against, you know, Justin Jefferson, who is their best wide receiver. Obviously, that was basically a swap between Justin Jefferson and Trayvon's brother, Stephon. I imagine that's going to be a great matchup, but I don't think the Cowboys second corner is going to be able to cover Adam Thielen. In a down, we've seen how even these two teams are. They're teams with great offenses, with I would say average to below average defense. I think this is a shootout on Halloween night in Minnesota. Give me the Vikings at home that need the game more. They are more desperate because they're losing ground in the NFC. And with Green Bay losing potentially to Arizona, with the Bears potentially losing to San Francisco, even though I think Chicago. With Detroit potentially losing to Philadelphia, even though, or excuse me, yes, with Detroit losing potentially to the Eagles, I think there's a chance for the Vikings to gain some ground. So, big game for them. Dallas, it doesn't really earn them if they lose or not, because they have a bigger question in the NFC East. And selfishly, as an Eagles fan here, give me the Vikings plus two and a half. You could say it's art over end, but I think it's, reason, it's a reasonable pick here. Even if Dallas beat Minnesota last year without Dak Prescott, that Vikings defense was a mess. This Vikings defense seems to be better. And finally, Chiefs at the Giants. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. 
I'm not going to bet it because Kansas City seems to rarely cover and they are stuck in neutral right now. But if there's ever a good right game on Monday Night Football, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, that defense. This is a good right game for Chris Jones and crew. The honey badger to come after and get after Daniel Jones, the Giants, who played shockingly well against the Carolina team that is struggling last week. I think the Giants come back down to earth as one of the worst teams in football. I'm going to pick Kansas City to roll. And again, I love this line here, minus 10, but part of it's like the Chiefs rarely cover, right? I mean, they struggled against Washington in the first half before they finally cover. You know, they got embarrassed last week by Tennessee. Everybody's talking about them. They're not the same. I think they put on a show, but again, who knows? They may not. This may be a real struggle this year for Kansas City. But again, I love that line. So to recap here, I have Arizona at home tonight over Green Bay. I have the Browns at home over Pittsburgh, which again, programming remote tomorrow. We're going to talk to Gabe Carrera of Barstool Radio about that game. I have my Eagles over the Lions. Bengals over the Jets is one of my best bets. Bills over Miami. Colts at home over Tennessee in the upset, one of my best bets. Rams, one of my best bets against Houston. Bears upsetting the Niners at home. Carolina on the road going to upset Atlanta. Seattle minus three against Jacksonville at home. I got the Chargers as one of my best bets defeating New England at home. I got Washington upsetting Denver on the road. Tampa Bay defeating the Saints in Noah. I got the Vikings upsetting the Cowboys as one of my best bets in Minnesota. And I have the Chiefs running over the Giants on Monday Night, on Monday Night Football. As a reminder, the Lions for my best bet. Cincinnati minus 10.5 against the Jets. Indianapolis plus 1.5 against Tennessee. The Rams minus 14 against the Texans. The Chargers minus 5.5 against New England. And the Minnesota Sunday night, plus two and a half against the Cowboys. That'll do it for this episode of Brandon's World. Make sure you go check us out tomorrow when I sit down with Gabe Carrera of Barstool Radio. Can't wait to talk to him about one of these games in the National Football League, as well as the MLB. We're going to talk about the collective bargaining agreement, as well as the World Series. And we may get into some college football with it. Who knows, Gabe's a huge college football fan. But make sure you go check out that podcast tomorrow. And then we will be back here next week breaking down everything that happened in Week 8 in the National Football League. And who knows, by Monday or Tuesday, we may have a World Series champion. So that being said, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us at Roll underscore B-Word and at Brandon Lewis underscore 7 on Twitter. And I will see you guys next time. Peace!